Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially our special guest that we have today. Uh, I am your host, Luke, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Yeah. Say hello, Mr. Andy. I'm here. Uh, okay, you didn't say hello, Mr. Andy, but that's okay. <laughs> listen, listen, now, I'm not going to do everything you say, Luke. That's not how this works. And plus, we are just killing time right now because we got this special guest. We need to get him on. He, nobody cares what I have to say. Yeah, and everyone's just like, shut up, you stupid Aussie. Let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to actually leave the introductions to Mr. Andy because uh, Mr. Andy has been able to, I guess, uh, watch... A lot of our guests' matches. Uh, I have seen uh, three. Uh, thanks, YouTube. I do appreciate it. Uh, did, yeah, I, you know, I've got to, I can't have a, a wrestling guest on the show and be like, I have no idea who, who this person is. I've got to watch their matches. I've got to interact with them and stuff. So, yeah, that was cool. But I'll, I'll leave the intro to Mr. Andy, who will do it justice. Go, go for it. Well, today, our first guest ever on the Never yes. Open Podcast that we always say is open to everyone, but we never have guests. It's the first time we're having a guest. It had to be one of the most influenced by New Japan Pro Wrestling, independent pro wrestlers out there. It is the Prince of Sport himself, Lexus Montez. How you doing, Lexus? Hey, how's it going, everybody in the uh, in the podcast universe? Uh, I'm doing all right. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Real fucking yeah. good. You know? I got to talk about uh, Yoshihashi getting a really good win and uh, listen to Andy squirm because uh, he, he can't handle me talking good things about uh, about that six-man never-open team. So that I mean, was awesome. Listen, Yoshihashi, has, as I discovered the other day, is professional wrestling. He is the definition of what professional wrestling is, apparently. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that, but, you know... The internet, you know? Yeah, they love they love whatever's getting pushed, you know, but it is what it is, man. I'm uh, uh, I don't need to see him with singles gold or be like the super mega heavy champ or anything like that. But uh, you know, if they give us a little the day something Yoshihashi wins the never open weight championship, just cancel your uh, your new Japan. Shows over. Yes. <laughs> the story is over. <laughs> yeah. The story's jumped the shark. <laughs> it's what it has. And I'm saying that as someone who's uh, really liked him lately. I'm like, I like him, but I'm I'm, I'm not crazy. <laughs> but, I'm, so. I'm still not on board the Yoshihashi train. No. Uh, I, I know, like, he, and then the funny thing about Yoshihashi in the history of Yoshihashi, he was, like, dubbed the next guy from Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, Shinsuke Nakamura gave him the rub, and look at him now. <laughs> look at Yoshi, look at Yoshihashi now. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy is the guy. Oh. Like Yoshihashi like, is so good that in twelve years' time he's gonna have the uh, lowest titles on the on the New Japan rung, and that's the only gold he's had. <laughs> he's got company down there. Shout out to my man Bushi. Yeah, yeah, poor Bushi. I love me some. I love me some Bushi though. That's the problem. You do. Yeah, he's great. And hopefully him and uh, Hiromu can uh, change their situation. They've never held the titles together, the tag titles. So uh, sure, hopefully that'll change in the future. Maybe it's not Hiromu. Maybe it's Bushi. Hey, man. <laughs> I, and yeah. I love Bushi. And I love me some Bushi. But, like, 
like he just I don't know it's just something about him that I'm like wow maybe you're the problem here like he's the one he's the toxic one in the relationship that you have to point out yeah. I guess every every faction in New Japan needs that one guy who needs to lose and uh, yeah. unfortunately for Bushi fans it's Bushi it's true. I mean he's a he's, he has really cool masks so oh, man. yeah he's you he's, know. He's got the best mask, and uh, you know he's got all kinds of cool shit. And you've even uh, used some of his shit in your matches, isn't that right? Uh, I used to back in the day, back when we first started getting acquainted. I did do the, uh, I guess you would call it the Bushiruni, but I never did the Rooney part. I just did the dropkick from the, the spring dropkick, which is actually Sonata esque. That's because I do all of Lij's moves except for Evil. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's not in LIJ anymore, so he doesn't count. But, uh, but yeah, you, you know, not only are you an independent wrestler in America, and you've kind of been making some waves lately with a particularly never-as-fuck type match that you have versus Lee Moriarty at Unsanctioned Pro, but you've been in the business for five years now, Lexus. you kind of yep. seen it all. You know, why do you like New Japan so much, and do you find that your style's kind of unique and there aren't as many people that wrestle that style as you? Well, Andy, I'm going to I'm gonna correct you. That's one of the best matches I've had, according to uh, certain sources and, and then people around. But that's for another story for another day. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm just very much a weeb, which is very much a person who enjoys, like, Japanese culture. Um, so, like, when I stumbled upon New Japan, uh, it just was something that was different. It was new because, like, watching WWE for week after week, you start to get, you know, this feeling of, wow, this shit is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, wow, like, these, like, 20-minute promos at the beginning of the show just don't need to happen anymore. And honestly, like, it was just something that, uh, like just seeing a match and then just seeing the competitiveness and the the aggression and just the physicality and just the overall just like demeanor of like this is a fight like I can't get this is a fight from Seth Rollins versus Buddy Murphy like I just can't like this just doesn't make sense to me but um I can't get the sense of Tomohiro Ishii is going to beat the fuck out of fucking Shingo like it's like I I get that. So that's I think that's really what really attracts me to New Japan is it's it's some it's something that I love as far as like Japanese culture and understanding Japanese um, ways, but also has that combativeness that is professional wrestling. Well, what the hell do you know about combat sports? I mean, I, a little bit, I guess. I mean, I train in Muay Thai kickboxing. Is that like a thing I can say on here? Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get you to say. So. Yeah. So I like to kick like heavy bags and people. Um, so like that's a thing. That's nice. Well, well, Luke, you I think we all have that moment, don't we? Where we're where we're watching WWE and it's like, well, fuck, what else is there? Uh, yeah. This isn't working. So I think we all have that point where we're let's go exploring. Let's see what else is out there. Yeah. And, and uh, that was me in like 2017, I guess. Like, what else is there? It's not working for me. And yeah, I started right near the the G1 that year. So we're going to talk about a match today on the show that happened in that G1, uh, which uh, I have a tiny little story about, uh, okay. which, which I think is funny. But uh, otherwise, like I think uh, our plan was uh, we asked Mr. Lexus to pick 
five New Japan matches that uh, he loves that mean something to him. And uh, I don't know about Miss Sandy, but I watched him. Uh, it's just so uh, I don't know what the hell Lexus is talking about, so I could be uh, all all freshened up on that. And okay. uh, I think I think that's where we're going to go. I don't have these matches in any specific order either, Lexus. So I guess you can start anywhere you like. Right on. I think I, I kind of have them like lined up um, to my liking. Uh, it's going to be kind of a little bit of a of a shock. I might move something around, so just just bear with me. Uh, we're coming in hot at number five, which is the only tag match on this list. It is uh, from August fourteenth, two thousand and eleven. Uh, it is Apollo fifty five and versus the Golden Lovers, one of their mini um, trilogy of matches they had. Uh, the Apollo 55 features uh, Ryosuke Taguchi, uh, Prince Devitt, also known as Finn Balor, versus Kenny Omega and um, Kota Ibushi. They were, I think, at this time, they were in DDT. So, like, New Japan was bringing them over to, like, uh, basically showcase them. AKA, they wanted to snag Ibushi. So, they, like, were like, yo, come here, bring your weird blonde friend, and we're gonna have, gonna, <laughs> you guys are gonna wrestle our best junior tag team. Um, this match means something to me because it's one of the first times I ever saw uh, Prince Devitt, who I'm a really big fan of. Uh, not Finn Balor, but Prince Devitt. Uh, yeah. um, and this was pre, uh, pre, pre-Bullet pre Club. So, like, seeing him with Taguchi, who's also an underrated, you know, just ringmaster, and they just start getting it in in this match, it was very, very appealing to me. And I just happened to stumble upon it on the good old YouTube back in the day before copyrights were a thing. <laughs> and um, it was just the action of the just being fast-paced and and being, like, just all over the place as far as, like, action and, like, you know, false finishes and just, like, sequences and stuff like that. So that match really opened my eyes to New Japan in the beginning. So, yeah. So this this is the earliest Taguchi match I've I've seen thus far in uh, well in my uh, experience of watching New Japan and uh, there's not a butt bounce hip attack to be seen so that's <laughs> no, a by surprise. He, he, I think he uh, developed that probably like a few years ago. Like it was like because I remember watching Best of the Super Juniors maybe like four or five years ago or whatever and he just started doing it. And I was like, okay, that's that's weird. But, you know, if, if that's what Taguchi wants to do, that's what Taguchi's going to do. Uh, the thing is, he doesn't use it when he transforms into big match Taguchi, which is a whole different beast. That's like final level, like, unstoppable Taguchi. I don't know if you've seen any of those matches when he's in the best of Super Juniors and he makes it to the finals. I haven't seen him make it to the finals, but I've seen, definitely seen big match Taguchi. Like, it's all about... Working in that dodon move, which is yeah. I love that finishing move. It's, yeah, he starts it's, it's he implements the ankle lock a little bit more. I think uh, Big Match Taguchi came out during Hiromu's first run with the belt because uh, they they wrestled each other. Um, I think that was when Big Match Taguchi came. Yeah, he's pretty. And good. we got some did it. There we go, Mr. Andy. You okay. found your voice. Hey, well, I was just waiting for you to throw to me, but if you're not going to do it, I'll fucking jump in here. I don't care. You know, uh... Black tech. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, okay, so I thought this match was all about combo moves. It was like, who mm-hmm. can do the most out-of-control tag team combo moves? 
and yep. I, I don't know. I know who wins the match, but I don't know who wins that particular uh, contest because holy shit, the one I, you know, the one that I remember the most was a a combo move that involved Kenny Omega hitting a uh, shooting star press. Uh, then I think we get the moonsault, the standing moonsault from um, Ibushi, and then Kenny Omega jumps up to the top rope hits a fucking missile drop kick to a, a standing opponent and a senton to a opponent that's on the ground all at the same time. And I thought to myself, I've never seen that before. I want to see more of that. Yep. Yeah, also that, like the, uh, that was like... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Luke. No, I was just saying, I was like that. that this is wheelbarrow kind of double stomp that uh, Apollo 55 dude, which I thought was kind of nuts as well. Mm-hmm. They have another one where they do uh, the Dodon into a uh, lung blower, too, which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. It's fucking great, man. I thought, you know, it's an interesting match, too, because when they're not doing the combo moves, they're doing these long, like, you know, you call them rest holds or whatever, but they're just holds. And they do these big, long holds, and then they go through another burst of these. And it's an interesting match because, like, ha like, halfway through it, I was like, are they just going to do holds now? And then they start doing all those combo moves again. It's like, oh, I get it. It's just all about that. Who's got the coolest combo moves? Yeah. Funny you said that, uh, Lexus, before about them wanting to sign Ibushi because uh, they wanted to sign him, what, 2011? Yeah. It took him, what, yeah. another eight years for him to go, yeah, okay. <laughs> the funny thing, and I will explain this to something, somebody else, uh, Ibushi has been on New Japan's radar. They have fallen in love with Ibushi at first sight. So, like, Whenever Ibushi was getting DDT, like, really, really hot in that time frame, like, of that 2011 to, like, maybe, like, 2013 time frame, Ibushi was just basically doing, like, in-and-out appearances for New Japan. So he was, like, in Best of the Super Juniors a few times, where um, him and uh, him and Devin had matches at Wrestle Kingdom back-to-back. -back. Okay. Actually, three of them. And, but one of them featured Loki, uh, which was a triple threat match. Um, but... It also involved um, the star rising of Kota Ibushi. So that's when he got really hot. So that was around the time when he wrestled the Invisible Man and he wrestled Kenny Omega at Budokan and he wrestled um, the doll. Uh, and then they were like, they wanted him so bad, but Kota Ibushi was such a flight risk that he just was like, yeah, I want to go do other stuff besides, you know, settle down before I lay my seeds here, you know? Yeah, now he's yeah. on the forever contract, so he finally settled down. It's also interesting to see junior heavyweight Ibushi after we're kind of used to seeing heavyweight Ibushi now. Same thing with Kenny Omega. You know, they did a lot more flippy-flopping when they were in the yeah. junior. But uh, also, like, Andy, not to cut you off, look at how small they are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> look how small, like, Kenny's like this, like, jacked-up, like, beefed guy now if you watch AEW. But, like, Kenny Omega back then was small. He was so small. He hadn't moved on. To I, I remember a time when um, uh, Kenny Omega, I think he, he's the one that, or he won the title or something like or he was yep. leading up to winning the title. And when he the went away. And, yeah, he, he went away at some point and did the Kota Ibushi workout regime or something. And when he came back, he was just, like, mega jacked. Like, Wow. Yeah, he's just, they don't they don't mess around in the gym. Hell no, and Dad doesn't drink either, Mister Mister Kenny. So uh, you know, yeah. doesn't have to all that burn up the extra calories, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I thought this was a lot of fun. Why, Lexus, does this stick out to you? Is it is it because, like you said, it's just one of the first matches that you saw? Or, you know, does this hold special meaning? And have you been able to work any of this stuff into matches? And, you know, are these guys' influences on you? And how, if they are? Um, It's important to me because, you know, that was one of the first times I ever saw uh, Devitt. So that was one of the first, first matches that I've seen of him. And I was very, like him specifically, that I was captivated by. Like Kenny and Kodo were very great. Uh, uh, Taguchi was also very great. But it was something about Devitt that I was like, I like him. I like that guy. Um, just from the way he moves in the ring, just from the way he, you know, um, his his mannerisms, like his facial expressions, like from from him hitting certain cues in, mat, in, his mat, in this match, I was like, wow. That guy's really good, and like it was one of the main reasons um, I had to like m more so dive into who this Prince. De I mean, who this uh, Prince Devitt character was. So that's uh, that's one of the big takeaways. Um, as far as like how I implement it, of course, Andy, I stole uh, the Bloody Sunday from him. <laughs> uh, the Gutbuster, the uh, like uh, Fireman Carry Gutbuster gimmick he does. Um, uh, this is when I was a little bit lighter, and I could do drop kicks seeming uh, effortlessly um uh so all that stuff i took from him before i started my training in wrestling so i looked at at him as a specific model to follow because he wasn't he wasn't too flashy but his thing like everything he did was solid everything he did was like very crisp and it had a very much so a flow to it so i looked at uh Devitt as a blueprint for myself when uh when starting to train Luke, this is interesting. Um, when I first met Lexus Montez, he was wrestling in a family-friendly, very old-school promotion. And, I mean, like, half the guys on that roster don't even know who Prince Divot is, or they don't even know what New Japan is because they've never watched it. So, you know, it was one of the reasons why he stuck out to me. Plus, we'll talk about his love for Naito a little bit later. But, you know, it was like, this guy's doing, like, New Japan shit in this ring. It doesn't belong, but I love it so much. You know what I mean? It was pretty cool, and that's one of the reasons you, you know, stuck out back then. It's still one of the reasons you stick out on, on the indies, in my opinion. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, man, did you see that that really great match that I had with Lee Moriarty? That was, like, one of my best matches I've ever had. Why, why are you so sarcastic about that? Because I thought it was – I mean, I was standing right there. Obviously, I saw it. I mean, <laughs> if we, I, don't, I don't know if, like, this is the platform for that. But, uh, you know, it, it really got under my – it got under my skin a little bit. It got under my skin a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Well, because you've had other great matches and, and people are exactly. just now wising up to it? Is that the deal? Yeah, it's like – it's like, all right, a little bit of detour here, Luke. Sorry about that. Um, That's all right. Basically, it's like, yo, like, are you guys just now watching my matches? Like, I could tell you, like, a few other matches. I've had, I've had, I've had a match like that with Aaron, Aaron Williams. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand, like, oh, that was, like, one of the best matches I've ever seen you have. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've had a match like that with Dom, Dominic Greeny. I mean, I've had a match like that with a few other guys that I, I'm, I'm slipping off the top of my head, but it, that was something that I was like, wow, like you guys don't watch my matches at all. Well, I think that the reason why is because it was live on IWTV and a lot of people watch that shit. But I mean, you know, maybe we could find well, out from like people that was people that were there that was like, wow, that's like the best match I've seen you in. And it's like, you've been at shows I've been on, you know, and it's like. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm out, I'm not saying I'm out here having like you know Tokyo Dome main event matches every single time, but like 
I'm out here at definitely having that kind of match, but like Let apparently me, it's just it's one of those ex- things that I gotta explain something to Luke here. So Luke, don't be friends with wrestlers, because here's what happens. You walk up to him, <laughs> you say, Hey man, uh, I like your hair that way. And they go, they go, What, you didn't like my hair that way before? What the fuck? That's everything is like that with them. We there's a, a a fan came up to Lexus once and said, Hey, you look like you've been slimming down. And so that became this fan. Uh, was you calling call him fat, fat right? Yeah, right. I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> it's always that way. And uh, but uh, but Luke, you watched some of Lexus's matches. What'd you think? He's put me on the spot here because I was talking to him uh, before we did the, uh, the 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 normal weekly show. I said, uh, all right, I watched three matches. Uh, <laughs> the first match reveals I watched Lexus. Uh, against a, a guy named uh, Kobe, I can't remember his surname. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, uh, my wife and I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's it, and no offense to you, Lex, as well, but we're, we're, I was just like, oh, this is a relief. I'm glad he's really good at the rig because, like, <laughs> you know, it would be a lot tougher to do some kind of interview if, uh, if well, you weren't awesome, and turns out yeah, you're pretty awesome from what I've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. but uh, I'm watching that boy match, is like, garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that I watched the match. Going, Lexus is really good, and then Kobe wins. I'm like, oh fuck. that's not to cut you off, Luke, but like that's one of the matches that I'm like, yo, like that was a really good match. And at first, I'm not gonna lie, I hated that match until I watched it back, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah, I thought it was really good, and the other. Uh, I watched, also watched uh, you versus a, a, a gentleman versus the lit. Uh, what's his name? Legendary Larry D. Oh, that's when I was very young. <laughs> and uh, it, it, he must have been like the hometown guy or something like that because uh, you're getting booed big time and I, I, and you've got a title uh, for that promotion and stuff as well. And I'm thinking, all right, how's this going to work? And this is another entertaining match. It was, it was really cool. And Double count out. I was like, oh, shit. Am I going to say Lexus pitting someone or what? He has no idea what your finishing move is, which is, uh, I'm assuming, inspired by another Japanese wrestler uh, who is not on our list of matches today, but he did have a pretty good one with Okada uh, one year. No, so. but he is, he's actually in the honorable mentions because it was between that and Apollo 55. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Mayor Fuji is a, a guy that me and yeah. Lexus have talked about a lot, and uh, they both do the slice legend. bread. Yeah. Underrated legend. It's true. It's true. Well, Luke, you ready All to right. move on <laughs> Move on to the next match? I am ready to move on to, well, to the next match. Uh, I don't even know what match I'm trying no. to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I guess you. this is what Don't worry. I got you. I got you. All right. So uh, I'll throw it a uh, Mr. Lexus here. All right, man. Uh, you're number four. Number four is uh, from a little match, and this is one of the most painful matches I've ever seen in my life. Uh, May 9th, 2017, Sakura Genesis IWGP Heavyweight Title Match, Katsuyori Shibata, the wrestler, versus the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Man. So I've seen this match a million times. I watched it live. I watch it every once in a while when I want to feel sad and happy at the same time. Luke, what's your history with this match? And, and you know, we a few of these we've talked about already on 
uh, the Never Open Podcast with our weekly recommends. So we, we've already talked about these a little bit, but let's refresh people. What did you think of this, Luke? And like, what does this match mean to you? All right, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit because uh, I have seen three Lexus Montez matches. I've seen uh, I've seen you lose, I've seen you double count out, and I've seen you win. Uh, and uh, it was on uh, YouTube here versus uh, Aaron Williams. That was a really go. fucking good match too. So, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I kind of scrolled more. I was like, is there any more of these? I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks, YouTube, for nothing. Ah, man, you got to uh, go on IWA, IWTV or whatever it is. All right, uh, I'll uh, I'll speak to Andy about that. Uh, <laughs> if I can get my hands on some of that. All right, so I started watching New Japan in 2017, but this is around the time of their first time going to America and doing that uh, United States tournament, then going into the G1. But uh, I did go back and watch this. This is the second time I saw this match. It's it's amazing. It's also really hard to watch because you know. You know the outcome of it. Yeah, you know the outcome and, of this. Yeah, and every time you watch it, it's it's like every time you go to watch an old match and you're just thinking, oh, you get right into it and you go, can it go another way? Can it not happen yeah. the way it happened? Can, you, can it please just be different? I mean, even if the outcome is the same, can it be different so that headbutt doesn't happen and <laughs> yeah, all that, that kind of that's, stuff? That's very hard to watch. <laughs> It's one of yeah. the, it's it's such a fantastic moment. And when I watched it at the time, I was like, this is one of the greatest moments in pro wrestling. And then, at, of course, what we heard about afterwards, which uh, Lexus, can you fill us in on the, you know, the stuff around this match and what, like, yeah, what, what are we talking about here? All right. So uh, in this match, basically, it actually has a lot of history um, because this is the conclusion of the Katsuri Shibata redemption saga. Uh, Katsuri Shibata in, I want to say, um, 2003, maybe? I'm not entirely sure, but, like, in the midst of the early 2000s, Katsuri Shibata was a part of a group known as the New Three Musketeers, which featured himself, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the beautiful Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, and basically, they were going to be the next guys to bring in the new era of um, New Japan. Um, so with that being said, all that was going on, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi was getting on fire, uh, Shinsuke was like the super rookie, he won the title in his first year, but there was the black sheep of the three of them, which was Shibata. Um, Shibata ends up leaving uh, New Japan because it was the dark ages at this time, so there was like uh, uh Tenzan was like the man at the point or at this point or something like that <laughs> <laughs> um, or some something crazy something wild like that uh, but um, so Shibata ends up leaving he ends up basically going on a like um, like a self excursion so he leaves he, he travels promotions promotion he ends up spending a lot of time in pro wrestling Noah um, and tagging with uh, Kenta so that's also in this story as well uh, but with uh, with that being said, he comes back in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. He comes back after a long time, maybe 2012 or something like that. He comes back in between that time frame. But when he comes back, he's not welcomed. Like, everybody wants him to leave. They're, like, booing him. Like, they're like, you turned your back on us. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi actually wrote in his book how much he despises Katsuri Shibata Aww. for doing that. And... During that time, Shibata basically was honing his skills. 
He had a couple uh, 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 kickboxing MMA bouts. He lost. Uh, but um, he, he did all that, and he honed his skills in professional wrestling. He learned more styles. He, he did a whole lot. And he had to go through so much. He had to go to hell to get to heaven, basically. So, like, he was ridiculed. People didn't like him. They didn't care for him. So he had to go through uh, this group known as the Third Generation, which featured uh, Tenzan, Yuji Nagata, uh, uh, Kojima, uh, freaking who knows who else is in this group. But basically he had to go through all three of those guys. Uh, Sakuraba, when he was with the promotion, um, he had to go through all those guys to win the Never Open Weight Championship. So when Shibata was on a tear running through, like, the Never Open Weight uh, division or whatever, you know, putting that title on the map, he um, he was trying to redeem himself. So he's winning over the New Japan faithful. Um, I don't remember what New Japan Cup this is, but it's the one where Goto wins. Sorry, Andy. Mm. But Goto, Goto wins. And if you know the history between Shibata and Goto, they're childhood best friends. Um, they went to the same high school. They uh, were on the same wrestling team, um, et cetera, et cetera. They're boys for life, basically. Um, so, um, basically what happened was Goto lost, unfortunately. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> so he loses, but this is when hotshot, like, young Okada's there. Okada's the champ. He beat Goto, decided, like, you know, unanimously beat Goto and then he turns around and he talks shit to Shibata. So if you watch the, if you watch the, uh, the package where, uh, you know, it's building up the match with, uh, Shibata and Okada, Shibata tells, uh, Okada, I mean, not Shibata, but Okada tells Shibata, Hey, win the new Japan cup so I can beat you too. Cause there's no way you're going to get a title shot. So like Shibata always kept that in his mind. He always was like, well, this, this young punk is gonna come in here and thinks he's gonna school me. I got something for that ass, as that we as as we say here in the states, Luke. Um, so um, when Shibata enters that uh, New Japan Cup in 2017, he has a chip on his shoulder. He knows what he has to do. He has to face the champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And I think this was fresh off of um, this was fresh off of uh, his match with Kenny, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he, uh, so basically Okada's feeling like he's like on another level and, you know, he feels like nobody can stop him because he's beating everybody just like single-handedly. And then this, this mountain, this manly man known as Katsuri Shibata wins the New Japan Cup in 2017. So to make a less long story less long, um, when Shibata challenges Okada, he doesn't come out. So he's like making a joke, but he's like, oh, well, I guess you won't come out. But he's basically saying, hey, I'm going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, basically, this was a long-winded story. I forgot what was the question. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I did it any justice. Well, I, just, I do that all the time. Andy will ask me a question, and I'll talk for ages. And he's like, you didn't answer the question. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. What was question, it? Andy, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, that's a lot of great information and backstory. It goes to show the the points we've made many times on this show about how satisfying the long story tell, uh, storytelling is, long-term storytelling is in New Japan. And, um, and the match itself is one of the most physical matches you will ever see that's not like a death match. You know, it is violence, pure I violence. I would say uh, it's, 
Okada's most physical match he's ever had. It's he has a lot of great matches that year, including one with Marafuji that's extremely physical too. But you're right, this is probably the most insane. Now, what do you think, Luke? Is this the most insane match that Okada's ever had, violence wise? Yeah, uh, I, I would say so. Uh, like Shibata beats the shit out of him, which is also always kind of <laughs> cool to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. it uh... It, it is it is physical in a way a lot of other Okada matches aren't, but uh, I think that's why it's so good. Yeah, I thought his chest was gonna just cave in at one point, the chops and everything. And yeah. one of, one of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history is in this match, and it's not just the headbutt. The headbutt's awesome. There's a point where Okada has built up. He's done the rainmaker pose. He goes for it and it doesn't even knock Shibata down. And the fucking nope. announcers are like, <laughs> like make the craziest noises because no one's ever done that. And Shibata like powers up out of it and it's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, it was like, it wasn't even like, that match is can, like, can go in the category of like King's Road, like, uh, like all Japan re- style of wrestling. Because I think, because with the Marafuji match, um, to piggyback off, that was like Okada going through King's Road. And the storyline behind that is, is King's Road better than New Japan? And that's why he was getting punished so much. That's why Marafuji basically beat the shit out of him for like 30 minutes. <laughs> so like, it was like, yikes, you know? Well, strong style versus... Yeah, strong the, style versus the, King's Road. Yeah, the, which we've talked about that a little bit on the show. But, uh, but Luke, tell me, why is this match scary? Why is it upsetting? Give us the bad news about this match. Well, uh, Shibata gets this, uh, like, what was it, a hematoma or something like that? Like this blood clot, blood, blood, blood clot in his uh, his brain, his head, and it puts him out uh, of uh, wrestling for good. It's uh, yeah, pretty yeah. much his reti- uh, retirement match. Uh, he hasn't wrestled since. I know he's done a couple spots, especially when. Uh, just to piggyback what uh, Mr. Lexus was saying, I didn't know he was in a tag team with Kenta, so it that even. Uh, just brings back those memories of uh, they didn't accept Kenta when he came to New Japan, and so they thought, oh, let's let's put him in uh, Bullet Club, oh. and there's that whole moment where uh, Shibata comes out and to, to you know he beats the shit out of him for a little bit, and everyone's like, <gasps> what can Shibata wrestle again? And then no, it was just uh, just this small kind of thing, just to kind of put over that uh, Kenta's turned uh, major heel now, but. Yeah, uh, it's his last match. Uh, I don't think they'll ever allow him or ever clear him to wrestle again. I guess everyone will always keep it in the back of his mind because Shibata will be that kind of guy that uh, will go just as hard as he was when he was wrestling, right? So there's no way that he'd come back uh, and turn it down. It's the same thing with Daniel Bryan because I remember because I did some some training at the LA Dojo and I remember the – the day that Daniel Bryan got cleared to wrestle again, I was in the dojo and I looked up and Shibata's just in the ring. And I'm like, there's a chance that this, cause they have like kind of like the same injury kind of. Um, but Daniel Bryan was more fortunate enough to come back, you know, uh, granted he takes more, way more time off 
and Shibata's just like, yo, I'm about to yell at these guys that do lion push-ups for the next hour. So, like, <laughs> it is what it is. But, like, yeah. Now, you trained at the dojo twice, right? And so... Uh, three times. Three times. Holy shit. Uh, how do I not know that? Um, But, uh, you know, the per the head trainer is Shibata. So, he's running around yeah. with a kendo stick, you know, ordering you around. I mean, is that tell me is that's a dream come true? Tell us about training at the LA Dojo and meeting Rocky and Kushida and all these people. Right. So uh, the first time around, I did meet Rocky. Um, I met Kushida. Uh, Scorpio Sky was there at the time, um, and obviously Katsuhiro Shibata. Uh, the 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 okay. So like my like dream scenario was always to train in the dojo. I didn't know the LA Dojo was going to be a thing, but like that's the closest thing I got to um, basically being in in the in the New Japan Dojo. So my dream was always to become a young lion. Um, excuse me, to become a young lion and train there. Uh, obviously, get signed in New Japan and you know live out the rest of my life as a uh, as a Coco Gaijin, as they would call me in um, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, so that, is that a term? Is it? Uh, apparently Shelton Benjamin, when he did his time in Japan, they always called him Coco Gaijin because he's black. Yikes. So like, I'm like, yo, <laughs> oh, shit. So I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if they're like running around here saying that, but like Shelton Benjamin said it. So I was like, he's been in Japan a, a few times. So I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. that's. That me by surprise too i'm like real oh okay <laughs> so that was your dream and you know it's definitely something that's still a possibility but like you know you got to train with shibata and all these guys i mean what was the thing that was the most surprising because I, I you told me the regiment and stuff and it's just like i can't even like i think about the regiment and my my arms and legs become like jello and tired yeah man it was uh it was very much so a uh, a hell week uh, pretty much it's a, I think it's more of a mental battle. Like they try to break you to see if, you know, you're going to keep doing 50 line pushups and they know goddamn well, your arms are burnt out or do like this many squats and you can't even sit down or bend down. Um, they try to break you, but they don't like physically, but they want to see if your spirit will still be intact, your fighting spirit, your, your, you know, just to make sure that this is what you want and this is what new japan wants they want to invest time in you you know do you think that that's one of the reasons why the young lion system is so successful for example we just had the return of, of the great okan and he's like i don't know how old he is but i think he's like 30 and he's been yeah. a young lion he was a young lion for like five years or something like that and so we always want people to move up quickly because that's kind of how it happens in america but over there, I think a big part of the young lion system is to make sure you aren't going to just like your legs not going to fall off in the middle of a match, or you're, right. you know you're right. not injury prone, or you know you're you're so tough and and how important that is because if they're going to invest that money in you and that time, they want you, it to pay off, right? Yeah, definitely. Because if you realize if you look at it, a lot of the guys who were young lions that came through the system, they don't get hurt like that. Yeah. Like I don't like New Japan doesn't have a whole lot of injuries. Um, that I can visibly see on, on screen. But, um, yeah, like guys like, you know, like, you know, Carl Fredericks, who was in the, uh, the LA dojo and, and Clark Connors and Alex Kozlov, Alex Coslin. Hey, you can't say his name either, Luke. That's great. Yeah. I um, always they, have problems with that name. They're tough guys. And I remember being, I remember specifically like 
I wrestled, um, like, they do, like, a lot of shoot-style stuff in the dojo um, because Shibata's a big fan of Antonio Inoki and Inokiism. So, like, there's a lot of that going on. Um, not to that degree, but it's, it's, it's in that light. Um, so I remember wrestling um, Alex specifically, and he – I couldn't use my arm. Like, I, I had one arm and, like, a bum wrist, and I wrestled Alex, who's one of the young lions at the time. Like, he's in the do- – he's, like, in the house. And, um, and we wrestled, and I beat him. But he also was, like, kind of, like, suffering through, like, I think, like, a shoulder injury or something like that. And it was one of those moments where it's, like, they built these guys to be mentally tough. Not as far as physically, because that'll come. Um, but mentally, they want you to be able to withstand a whole, whole lot of punishment. That's pretty cool. What do you think, Luke? You think you and I can hack it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I give a shout out to my guy? He's from he's from Australia. Shout out to my guy Tommy Knight. He's a he's a wrestler down there. Um, he was in the dojo. He was in the uh, one of the camps with me. I want to say the first or second. No, he was in. The, he was. He was in there the first time around because that's the night we took him and another guy, my dude Andrew, to Hooters. It was uh, me, Andrew, Tommy, uh, Kurt Stallion, and Billy. Billy Trash. Yeah, Billy. Billy. He'd love that. We we don't have Hooters down here in Australia. Yeah, so it. Tommy was like, "Yo, like, what is? I've never like they stopped." Because Tommy is from Australia and Andrew's from uh, Ireland, and they just like stood there and he was like, they're like, we've never been to Hooters before. And then we were like, all right, let's let's go to Hooters. Ironically enough, our waitress is also from Australia, so <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> wow, <laughs> amazing man. Well, we need more imports then, if that's the case. Although, you know, be careful, don't eat the food. Maybe it's not so good. So, also think like, isn't isn't uh, Yoda Suji closing in on thirty as well? And yeah. I do remember there was a young lion. Andy and I were talking about this a while back. I don't know where, but there was a young lion. We couldn't remember his name for a long while because he got, I think, concussed out and turns out that he can't wrestle anymore. It was um, Kitamura, who was this, you know, jacked up young lion. He was a young lion for quite a while too. So, yeah, um, that that's – I don't know why I brought that up. He's just, just a shame yeah, really because that, – uh, that, Yeah, that definitely is like a thing there, so – yeah, I think, um, yeah, they like they like them to be out of like uh, out of high school. So like when they get out of high school, you can out, like in Japan anyway, you can go try out for the New Japan Dojo, which is ran by Yuji Nagata now. Um, so it's like, hey, they like them young. I mean, you can be like twenty five because I went there when I was about twenty. Yeah, I went there on my twenty fifth birthday. No shit, it was my twenty fifth birthday. Yeah. That's a good birthday, you know. So, yeah. well, Luke. I think so. I think some of the young lions go there when they're finished um, uh, university or college or yep. I don't know what they call That's it in true. Japan. They either well. go high school or, or university. So it's yeah. not like the it's not like the WWE Performance Center where you're like get, like you can just go there and be like yo I'm trying to try out for this. Is that how it works? Yeah. Just go there. Yeah, like you have to sign you have to sign up for the New Japan. Um, it's like going to like um, the combine for like the NFL. Uh, so like you gotcha. can be like ah yeah I want to do this, and then they're like okay cool like these are your you know these are the requirements. So <clears throat> all right, so let's uh, let's get to number three on on your list, Mister Lexus. Uh, which which one is it? All right, here we go. Are you guys ready? You ready I'm for this one? Oh yeah. Ready. Yep. <laughs> 
All right. So January 27th, 2018, not that long ago, it features the beautiful Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the king of pro wrestling, Minoru Suzuki. What? Yes. Um, that is that's offensive, and uh, I can't believe as a guest on our show you have intentionally offended me like that. We all know the real king of pro wrestling is Tori Yano, So. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying this is when the king character came forth out of Minoru Suzuki. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember watching this one live and. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was going to go Tanahashi's way, you know, because we've all seen that match where Tana, those matches where Tanahashi takes a whole lot of punishment because even though he's one of the top New Japan guys, his they always kind of give him this kind of underdog role, you know. He's either got the bung the bung arm or the, uh, the fucked up leg or something like that that they're always uh, they're pushing. So Hiroshi he's always Tanahashi fighting from is, under. He's so like that guy. Is so is so battle tested that you can see the pain in his face when he runs the ropes. <laughs> like holy shit! Like I was watching him during this G one, and I was like, Tanahashi doesn't. Tana has no fucking knees, and he's just running the ropes. Yes. It's well, like and, what is this? and doing high five foes off the top rope to onto the, the floor. Onto outside. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then the funny thing, Tana's what 43, yeah. 42? Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit. Tana, stop! Please! You don't need to prove yourself that much anymore, man. We respect Tana. you already, man. It's all good. Tana's okay. Tana's just like out here t- just killing himself every single night. I don't ever want to hear anybody complain to professional wrestling. I'm like, have you seen Hiroshi Tanahashi's knees? I don't want to give a, I don't give a fuck about what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's how I thought it would go. Like, he's, he's getting... He's, ass kicked by Suzuki and Suzuki is like doom guys ripping and tearing you know rip rip and tear those legs man rip and tear until it is done and I, I and I remember watching this the first time thinking all right Tanner's gonna come back he's gonna power up again hit the high high flow but no like Suzuki doesn't just he doesn't even want to pin him he just wants to torture uh, Tanahashi and he even hits the gotch and he's he doesn't go for the pin. He just puts him back in this like leg lock and just rips and rips. And I'm just like, oh, and uh, yeah, ref stoppage. It was, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Suzuki wants you to be different after he has a match with you. Even if you're Tanahashi, you know, he's like, you're not, I'm going to put a mark on you, you know? And, and a fun thing, uh, you know, we, uh, me and Lexus have shared our love for of Suzuki for a long time. And this is pretty great, Luke. It used to be, um, that uh, Lexus was uh, get, climbing the ladder at a certain promotion and had uh, you know a bunch of heel heat, and he would kill young lions all the time, and it was good time. To all the trainees would be security guys. <laughs> He'd just beat their <laughs> yes. ass on the way. Out. I would uh, if I if I lost a match, I would be so furious that I would look for a young lion to just punish, and I would just boot him in the face. And uh, one of one of the young lions, shout out to Big Matt, uh, Big Cuz. Um, he, he was a young lion at the time. And this guy's like, he's huge. Like, he's not even like, he, I don't understand like how he could just like sit down the whole time. He's just like a big dude. And I would find him and I, like every time I would lose and I would just boot him in the face every single time I would lose. <laughs> and I would laugh and laugh. Cause this is laugh. when, this is when Suzuki was killing young boys for no reason. Like 
like when if I don't know how far back your uh, New Japan days go, but like around this time, the young lions would just quiver in fear if Suzuki <laughs> got near them. Like he would he would just stand there, and then they would just be like, "Just please go in the ring," and then he's just like standing there, and then he just boot him in the face. <laughs> well, Lexus, tell us what Pancrase is. And and what like because that's Suzuki's thing and you know yeah. he's he's kind of like a shoot style fighter but in a different way than Shibata like tell us about that and how he's kind of affected your your uh, wrestling style. So uh, Minoru Suzuki Luke, if you're not familiar, uh, was a part of a promotion known as Pancrase. This was along the the lines of uh, UWFI and um, like early style MMA basically. Um, there were no punches to the head. It was only uh, open palm slaps, um, ground submissions. You can do that. I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you can uh, punch or anything like that while they're on the ground. I think it's just mostly like submissions. I think. Um, but Suzuki was a part of this, and this was like a young, handsome Suzuki. Like he was just out here with a full head of hair, like no, like uh, whatever that hairstyle he had at the time was. He just was like out here, just excuse me. He was just out here, just you know, slapping dudes up and White uh, you know, gear. but he. He had white gear. Yes, he did have white gear. He did that. And Suzuki, well, white in J in Japan, like in Japanese culture, means doom. So uh, if you're not, there's a match where he has with Jun Akiyama, where he is wearing all white gear, and that means doom. That means like death, like in Japan. So like that's what Suzuki was trying to bring was I'm going to kill you. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> It's funny you make that reference right after I said that, like, Suzuki was ripping and tearing, like, Doom yeah. guy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, murdering people. But, like, uh, the way Suzuki influenced me a lot is to um, to be more proficient with strikes. A lot of guys in wrestling, like, they're all like, oh, that guy has really good strikes. But they, they're not striking like Suzuki. Suzuki has this, uh, you know, that, like, wind-up form he does before he, like, there you get, tell everybody to be quiet, and then he makes that just, like, devastating like noise that devastating yeah. like whack that is a beautiful thing um but yeah suzuki he really helped me look at striking a little bit more differently in professional wrestling shibata also taught you about he he has a problem with slapping the leg right yes yes um i remember a specific match um where because at the end of these um at the end of these dojo uh camps we have matches uh a part uh, I would during the first week we had a match at the end uh, at the end of the week and guys were in there they were doing their stuff and they they felt like the hey yo this is crunch time I need to get signed here we go so they're putting out um basically all the stops and uh in one of these matches uh, not just but all of them but one of these matches specifically that he stopped he um stopped stopped him at the end of the match and was like he got in the ring he was like no slapping. And then we were all like, what? And then, like, he was like, he would, like, in Shibata, and this is, like, a cool thing about Shibata, like, though his English isn't that good, it's still, like, you get it because he gets to the point. So, like, he would he would be, like, like he would demonstrate what the guy was doing, and then he would slap, and he would be like, no good. <laughs> but, like, very just, like, like, your dad is, like, you're grounded, go to your room. Like, it was like, no good, no good. And then... He would be like, and he would do something, and then like he'd be like, "Good," and he'd be like, "No good," and then it was like, "Oh, okay." He's not, he's not joking around with us anymore. 
But like like Suzuki though, it's the force of the actual strike that makes the noise. That's kind of yes. a, you know that's the point is that um and and no one does that better than Suzuki. That forearm strike that you were just talking about is yeah. insane. And if the guy pro- sells it properly, it looks like the most devastating forearm that anyone's well, ever thrown. I'll, I'll t- not to cut you off, Andy. Um, I wrestled a certain wrestler that I won't name on this podcast, and he um. He found himself wanting to do the Suzuki strike, um, and I, I was ready to sell it, but the way the force came, I didn't need to. I didn't need to sell it. <laughs> it was like right on the money. I was like, "Wow, that was um, that was a, that was that was really good. <laughs> that was really good." I just but, like um, when Suzuki does that and he drops them like a, a sack of potatoes. Yes, I I literally dropped like a sack of potatoes. No selling required. Uh, go. To go back to go back to the story uh, to be go back Andy. I mean go back Gary. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Kushida was also there on the last day and he he said something that really rung off to me and um, he was like Americans may know wrestling is fake, but the Japanese believe that this is the most brutal thing on the planet. And I was like, so that's to go with the slapping um, thing. So I was like, wow. All right, Kushida. You, you have to prove yourself to the Japanese yes. fans. It's not, you know, the, the yeah. respect is not given it's earned and all that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Suzuki's definitely one of those guys, but man, I don't know. Oof. I'm exhausted. Just thinking about getting punched in the face like that or, whatever suzuki is the man and this is and like i said before this is when um this is when he had his head shaved by by your man goto andy um and that's when he came back on a tear and then that's when he was the king of pro wrestling when he deemed himself as the king and um he referenced as the ic title as his treasure um so it was like it was a really good character moment for suzuki and like he was just going around just destroying guys like and it was just like that was suzuki at one of his finest moments yeah it's it's an incredible match it's a long match too and very long match very long match and you're just like how how, he's already got you know bad knees how much of this punishment can uh tanahashi take and he never tapped out either so it was a ref stoppage really really cool finish there too uh that that match is fucking awesome it's incredible stuff all right, so we've got two more on the list. Oh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited now. Which which one is your uh, number two? This one was hard because I love this match a lot, but um, unfortunately, I have a bias. <laughs> so uh, number two on the list, if you already haven't known, May twenty first, two thousand sixteen, best of the Super Juniors, the first night, the main event puts one greatness of Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. And this match, boys, is one of my favorite matches in New Japan history. Though it's not number one, and it's really paining me to put that at number one, but it was like a moment where Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly proved that they are two of the best wrestlers on the planet. I have to say, I was watching this match uh, actually, Andy chose this match as one of our recommendations one week, and I watched a different match between both men, which was also really good. But then eventually I watched uh, the correct match, which was uh, d- definitely this one. But uh, th- I've 
I'm not that ex- well versed in in Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I don't watch that much WWE stuff, so mm-hmm. that that's probably a big reason for that. But uh, for for the longest time, like I'm staring at Kyle O'Reilly, going, "Is that sort of, is that weird? Is that a weird bit of tape on his midsection, or is that a ta- oh, it's a tattoo, right? Okay." So I felt really dumb there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this this is a a tough match, like. Uh, very kind of strong style as well for uh, yes. like a super junior match. Yes. Yeah, because the super juniors were known for like their high flying and their ability to like you know move around the ring. Obviously, i.e. the uh, Ricochet versus uh, Will Ospreay match that got hella buzz. But um, this match was a more of a hey, we don't the two guys in this ring aren't going to flip around. We're going to go in there and we're going to beat the hell out of each other. And that is combat at its finest, that match, I would say, in professional wrestling. You know, I used to be way more hooked into the independent wrestling scene than I am now. And and I definitely was around this time when this match happened. And so something that you see on the independents that you don't see on WWE or other television is that the things that happen in Japan work their way into the indies pretty quickly. A lot of times, you know, and so like if a move's real popular, you know, in the G1, you know, all of a sudden people be doing it all over the place and stuff. And something that I noticed is I thought that this match in particular affected independent pro wrestling by working more of that ground based striking style into the junior heavyweight style that we see in almost every match on the indies, you know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. And I this is the match that has the flying arm bar. Where it's yep. it's I, I don't understand. He's doing an arm bar and flying. <laughs> is it the one about, on the outside? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the one on the outside? It's crazy, right? I fucking love it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's amazing. Like in that in that like I liked Kushida, but that match made me like Kushida even more. And Kyle O'Reilly, the thing. Okay, so like you you don't watch WWE, correct, Luki? That's what you said. Uh, I, I I used to, but you know, I, I hit that point where I was just like, eh, it's not so fun anymore. So yeah. So in NXT, um, basically, like Kyle O'Reilly had a match against uh Finn Balor, and Finn Balor openly said, like, I know that Kyle O'Reilly is one of the best wrestlers in the world. I know he's an, a best kept secret in professional wrestling, and that and he went along the more the lines. I don't remember exactly what he said. Uh, to that degree, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing, sorry, but like basically Kyle O'Reilly is one of the best catch. Like he's like, if whoever you think is underrated underneath that guy is Kyle O'Reilly, like Kyle O'Reilly, I fell in love with Kyle O'Reilly. I want to say maybe around 2012. That's when I first noticed him. And then he was in the tag team with Red Dragon and I just noticed that yet again, like with Devitt, I'm like, wow, that guy's really good. No offense to Bobby Fish, but that guy is really good, and I like Kyle O'Reilly. And I always noticed um, one of my first um, times being on New Japan World was I forget which Wrestle Kingdom that was. Basically, the the opener was the junior tag team match with all those teams. Wrestle Kingdom um, Nine. That's Wrestle Kingdom yeah. Nine. Yeah, and I was like, I was glued to Kyle O'Reilly, even though he was like one guy in this match and had the Motor City Machine Gun. No, he had this Time Splitters, the Bucks, um, Red Dragon, and I think uh, Rapungi, not Vice, but whatever the other version. Rapungi Vice, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was all them, but Kyle O'Reilly was the guy that I was like, this is the guy. 
this is the this is the guy for me because I liked the way he moved in the ring, his style. Um, I'm not a um, uh, jujitsu uh, aficionado, but like the striking and like stand up game, I'm really into. And Kyle O'Reilly had that where most of these guys were doing flips and doing all these other you know cool spectacular things. Kyle O'Reilly was one of the him and Bobby Fish were obviously one of the sole guys that were like we're gonna stick to the ground game. Um, I am a I wouldn't say a small guy, but like I'm not doing a whole lot of flips. Like uh, so, Kyle O'Reilly's offense, his style of wrestling, very much intrigued me because I could stick to that. Like with Devitt, I took that and I was like, well, I'm gonna take this, implement it onto my version of wrestling where I am, and be a little bit different. So that's why I think that those two work really well together and they had a match previously and i think it was a super junior a year before or like maybe like the next i mean whatever following year but they were in a match where it was kushida versus kyle o'reilly which is also very good i was um gonna put that in this match uh, you know put them together but obviously uh one of them had to go and um that one was really good because it had the same feel but this one was like this is the main event of tonight, of my night one. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, You know, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's uh, the first wrestler that I had seen live in person and also saw on New Japan World. You know what I mean? When, when it first came out, I was like, wow, I've seen that guy in person. And that was like a big deal for me at the time. You know, now it's not such a big deal. And you see these people all the time and stuff. But um, I've always been a big fan of his. And I think you're right. He's criminally underrated. And he's an important cog in the style that everybody works nowadays, and they may not even know it. Yep. That's how I thought it felt, uh, Mr. And about Robbie Eagles, because uh, I'd seen him at uh, some Australian uh, indie wrestling shows down here. So uh, to see him in a, in a New Japan ring, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. So, that's cool. yeah. All right. So I figured before we moved on to our well, – to your first uh, match on the uh, top five, Alexis. I would, you mentioned that you had some, uh, I can't remember the term for it, some uh, runners-up, I guess, uh, matches that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, obviously, Mr. Andy and I didn't watch those uh, because we stuck to the top five. But uh, mm-hmm. what were some of your uh, ones that didn't quite make make the list? Um, there's, uh, there's a few that I have, but, uh, I'll stick, I guess I'll stick with a few. Um, it is, uh, Mera Fuji versus Prince Davitt for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. I, I think it was, cause they've had, a, they had like a, like a series of matches, those two. Um, and that match was really good. Like, and that's when like Devitt, and this was like in the, in the, in the, uh, the timeline of Devitt basically being a gaijin star but he was always like a guy that was for new japan because he came through the dojo and you know he mm. trained with uh carl anderson and uh shinsuke nakamura and, and and a whole lot of other guys that were in that dojo class um and that's one of the matches that i have on the list uh marifuji makes the list again with him versus uh uh okada and he just beats the hell out of him <laughs> awesome. uh, so, so that that match as well um What's another one? Uh, there's, there's tons. There's tons. I don't want to. I don't want to go into like super detail, but like there's tons. Um, 
Well, if there's um, tons, then say one. Quit making noises, weirdo. <laughs> I don't have the note. I don't have that note in front of me right now to to, to say. But those are two that I have. Oh, um, AJ Styles. AJ Styles versus Okada at Dominion is also really good. There you go. There you go. That's some good heavyweight shit right there. That's dad, chill out. <laughs> All right. So here it is. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this one too because this was my first ever G1 final. I really love this match too, but uh, I won't steal your fun, Alexis. What is it? Hey, man, if anybody knows me the way they think they know me, I'm just going to let you know now, I love me some Tetsuya Naito. He's the man. He's the greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion. Don't at me. Don't ask me any questions of why. I don't care what you got to say. I love this man to death. Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega, part two for the G1 Finals. It was amazing. It's the greatest match I've ever seen in my life. Fuck Okada versus Omega. This match <laughs> is amazing. And I, feel like, and I feel like the trilogy that they had doesn't get talked about a lot because New Japan doesn't talk about Kenny Omega anymore. Um, so basically, this is when the Naito hype train was in full effect for everybody. Naito was hot. He lost the previous year in the semifinals to Kenny, uh, where Kenny made history and was the first Gaijin wrestler to win the G1. And and everybody thinks that Kenny's going to, you know, repeat and do it again. But the force known as Tetsuya Naito is just so unstoppable that he had to win this match. This is when this is when Naito was his back was against the wall. He needed to prove that he was a Shiyaku, which is the top star in Japan. That's what they say. And he had to prove that he was numero uno at the top of the mountain. So fuck you, Kenny Omega. He had to win. He had to prove that he was the best. This match just has so much action. It has so much, it's so fast and it has a lot of velocity to it. And if you think about it, as two guys who were like at the top of their game at this point. Kenny Omega was respectfully the United States champion of New Japan. Uh, Tetsuya Naito was on fire. He's coming out. He's trying to win. He's trying to prove why he's number one. Um, there's a spot. There's a few spots in this match where weird shit is happening. Uh, Andy, I don't know if you remember this, uh, where they do the pile driver through the table, but they miss. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they miss, and then it's just like Naito's dome is, or was it Kenny? It was Kenny. It was Kenny. Kenny um, spikes his head on the on the concrete. Um, then there's another spot in this match where fuck, they like they're on the they're on the top rope, and somebody's about to do something. I think it's Naito. Naito's about to do something, but Kenny like shoves Naito's head into the ring post and it's just like what are you guys doing like what is happening in this match and it was just a it's just a great match of like two guys who you would be like because if you look at the like the scheduling and the match uh, structure of new japan bullet club and lij at that point never touched they never touched so for kenny and naito to make it to the finals was like basically an Avengers movie. They're like, this is like Infinity War, like Civil War. This is like unheard of. Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito. 
But, you know, I, I just love this match because of so many reasons. Yes, because Naito wins at the end, and he gets that moment of, like, hey, I'm the guy now. But it also was like, this match is fucking awesome. So I I remember watching th- this match live. Fucking loved it. It was, it was amazing. And, you know, my sister came over to watch a movie with uh, my wife and I. After the movie's finished, because I'd been talking about because it's my first G1, all I wanted to talk about was like, oh my god, oh my god, have you? These guys are just incredible, they're fantastic. And I said to my sister, I was like, oh, look, if you want to see why why I'm loving this, you've got to see this match. But um, I don't know if you guys have ever had this. You want to show someone a match or why you like wrestling so much, and they're like, pass, not interested. Uh, but I was like, fuck you, you're at my house. I'm gonna put this match on anyway. So like an asshole. Uh, I was just like, I ignored her and I put the match on. She sat there with a grumpy look on her face with her arms folded the entire match, just like this, not portraying any emotion except, fuck you, Luke, for making me watch this. The match finishes. I, I look over and I was like, um, so uh, w- w- what did you think of this? She's like, that match was fucking awesome. Naito's the best. <laughs> and she's she's been, uh, she's still a very casual uh, wrestling fan, but you know, uh, when when there's uh, some big match nights uh, stuff happening, she's like, "Yep, I'm coming over. Uh, I'm in, I'm interested in watching that." And yeah, so she's that made her kind of apart from Jay White, and uh, I think uh, she, she likes it for a couple of reasons. One of them probably, you know, because he's just he's a handsome fellow as well. But uh, she's he's got to shave uh, that goatee, man. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get that thing off or trim the, it down or something. <laughs> A goatee is not supposed to make you look like a goat, but uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I dig babyface like clean face Jay White. I like that. I don't know why he doesn't just go back to that because maybe he looks like a child. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so it's made her a, a kind of an Lij fan for life there. So that's just a, a just a funny story there. She just, she just sat there, not not giving me anything until the end. I was just like, "What do you think? It was amazing." So yeah, it's a fantastic match. Yeah. When I, I watched this live, of course, and, um, you know, I was shitting my pants and, you know, watching it because, I mean, it's just insane. There's, you know, just a couple quick things that happen in the matches. One, there's, like, stories within the match, which are things like Naito tries one of his older moves, but he doesn't get it. So then he has to beat up Kenny Moore so that he can get it, you know, and these kind of little story beats keep coming back. He pulls out the, you know, the, the, whatever, um, splash thing, the spiral splash. Yeah. He used to do that. And, um, you know, he pulls that out, but he misses it. There's a Billy Kidman special off the fucking top rope. That is just so impactful. And what's Mm -hmm. awesome about both these guys. All right. Kenny Omega is a little more pronounced with it. And Naito's a little more like kind of I don't know his his style's a lot more laid back. When when either of these guys do something simple or something that you've seen other wrestlers do a million times, it looks totally different when they do it. And so it, it's all their moves are so impactful and look so dangerous. The top rope reverse Rana is mm-hmm. the best top rope reverse Rana you'll ever see in your life. It is insane. Um, is that kind of what inspired you to start doing reverse Ranas or was it just the indies <laughs> and you have to do No, that? because um, I wanted to do – I've always – like the reverse Rana is just like a cool fucking move. Yeah, it is. And it's amazing. I love it every time. Was, yeah. when I, where I was at the time, no one wanted to take it. 
So I'm like, <laughs> fuck, like, all right, whatever. Like, so like going outside of where I was in, in my five years of wrestling, um, I just was like, somebody was like, I was like, yo, can I give you a reverse Rana? And they're like, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, oh, okay, for real. Like, and it was just like a cool thing. Like, I love the reverse Rana. Do I want to do the top rope reverse Rana? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you Does wanna... anyone want to take that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Funny story. I tried to convince, and Luke, you probably don't know who this man is, this gentleman is, but the sensei known as Nasty Russ, I tried to convince him to take it. And he was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's a compliment, though. You got to be like, well, if anybody could do this right, it's you. I mean, you know, clearly the, you're the one He's who like, needs to I do this. not be able to land on my feet in time. I'm like, yo, no, dude, you got it. Like, I've seen you do this. He's like, no. This match also has tons of neck trauma, which is kind of the – that's one of um, Naito's go-to things. It's just, I'm going to break your neck. And that's what he's trying to do. Kenny start, starts to give it back to him a little bit. But – Lexus, what do you think of where Naito is now? He's double champion, maybe in one of the weirdest eras in pro wrestling, and some people think a weak era for New Japan. I don't think that, but a lot of people do. Uh, what do you think about where he is now and how, I mean, he was clearly the MVP of the G1 just recently. I mean, him and Ibushi and Taichi too, but um, what, what do you think about where he is now? Um, I think, and this is like the history of Naito. Naito has a thing about him where once he gets something, once something goes his way, something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> and it's super unfortunate. Like, when he won the G1 in 2013, it was like, cool, he won. But then everyone was like, we don't like that guy anymore. <laughs> we don't like him. Like, we don't like this dude. This version of Naito, we hate We want to say Nakamura and Tanahashi more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like... That's what happened. He got stiffed out of the vote. The thing that dropped that that's that that is what I love about Tetsuya Naito's character. That drives him to this day. Like that moment in his life will he will never let go. The Naito character will never let that vote go. And that's why his heel run was so impactful. Cause he was like, I'm doing this in spite of you guys. All you guys said, fuck me. Well, guess what? Fuck you. Cause now guess what? I'm the coolest guy in here. Me. And then going forward to him winning the belt and him only having it for like a month the first time, it was like, wow, okay, that sucks, but you know, things happen. Um, and then the whole Naito story is him just redeeming himself and chasing something. Um, I think that this era of New Japan is definitely in a weird state due to the COVID, but I think that it's a pretty solid era to be in, though. So I, I, I don't know what people are expecting. Um, I think they're expecting like, because if you think about it, We've only seen Okada as as champion in in our viewership of of New Japan, you know, since it's exploded here in the United States. So with Naito being champion, it's like one of those things that's like he's in a weird era, but it's fine because this is the the prologue to the Naito story. Yeah, he's yeah. making it his own too, you know, and. I think these stories and the things that's going on with him will be stuff that we'll look back on and it'll just be another chapter in the long story of all these wrestlers and everything. Um, Luke has gone on a, a fan journey. Will you tell Lexus about your, your fan journey with Naito this year? So just, just relax here, Lexus, but because uh, I have always said 
I love him in the ring, but like his personality just always kind of rub, rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't know why. Like, I always love seeing his matches. Like, they're always entertaining. Can't complain. He's in ring, incredible, all that stuff. But his personality just for the longest time just rubbed me the wrong way. And then during this G1, I start feeling slighted because I'm just like, this guy doesn't have one championship. He's got fucking two. So why is Tanahashi main eventing? All right. <laughs> he don't have any fucking titles. What's going on here? And I was getting really, really pissed off that uh, because not only is he the double champ, he's wrestling like he's the double champ. Like yep. he's he's proving that he's the fucking man, right? He's, he's got – Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got both titles and he's kicking ass. And I'm seeing him putting on uh, 20, 25-minute bangers every night this G1 – and then I'm just like, all right, okay, well, why why isn't he main eventing this match? Uh, you know, why is the, the Tanahashi match on on last? Like, that that's that's bullshit. And I was getting really worked up. And uh, Andy was saying, well, that's the story of of, of Naito. You know, uh, New Japan kind of screwing him over and stuff. Well, mm -hmm. I, then then my thought to that was like, well, fuck New Japan now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's on the like Naito train. Yeah, so it, it, it did take me a while. Like, I've, as I said, I've always enjoyed watching him work uh, as an in-ring performer, but now I enjoy watching him uh, as a complete package. Uh, mm -hmm. So it took me a while, uh, but he he completely won me over. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely on the Naito train. And yeah. especially now, look – I, I did want Jay White to win the G1. I did, but... I honestly thought Jay White was going to yeah. win the G1. Yeah. yeah. But now that we've got uh, Ibushi as, 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 the, uh, as the winner, uh, and I, I said, like, when he won the title, like, if, if anyone hasn't seen uh, Naito versus Ibushi before, oh, my God, you're in for a treat. And, yeah, and then I said, if you have seen Naito and Ibushi before, oh, my God, you're in for a treat. Yeah, so those two at the biggest stage of, of them all in, in, in New Japan, uh, they're just going to absolutely crush it. I can't another, wait. Another honorable mention on my list is definitely that one from Madison Square Garden because I was there. Um, and that match was phenomenal. I thought that match was so good. They almost oh, die man. every time they wrestle, and it's the yeah. best. I fucking love it, you know. I love hearing the fans squirm, too. You know, like, oh, they're next, you know, or whatever. Like, Yeah, like when Ibushi, like, bangs his head on the apron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it's so insane. I love it so much, though. But I mean, It's that's... like that scene in The Simpsons where, uh, like, uh, someone's getting beat up and that, that little kid's going, make it stop, make it stop, he's already dead. Uh, that's that's them beating each other's necks up. It's it's uncomfortable in the best way possible. Agreed. Pretty great. Well, man, I, this has been a lot of fun. You know, I, I've learned a lot and um, I'm excited to, uh, you know, talk more about New Japan with my friends. Luke, what, what else we got to cover here? You got any, anything you want to add here? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, just want to say thank, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for being uh, pretty cool with uh, – uh, look, I did as much homework uh, on you, Mr. Lex, as, as, uh, as I possibly could. I guess I should have 
uh, message anything. Go, look, can I see more of these? But uh, I'll definitely want to be checking out uh, more of your matches in the future. Hey, man, Independent Wrestling TV. I don't know if you guys have that down where you're from, but uh, that's where most of my stuff is right now. I got a VPN, so I'm pretty sure I can make it work <laughs> somehow. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's been absolutely delightful, especially hearing uh, a wrestler's perspective on uh, on you know some of these amazing classic matches. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I love podcasting. Andy knows that. Um, Luke, you've been a treat. I really appreciate talking to you. Um, thank you. Yeah. I, hey, man, I'll I'll do this anytime you guys ask me to. So. Now, I know that folks can follow you on Twitter at SuperLexa17, but tell us about Through the Looking Glass. Oh, <laughs> well, how do you know about that, Andrew? It's not like you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, uh, no, I, um, uh, Luke, I, uh, I went to college or university um, twice and dropped out. <laughs> so <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> That's all right. I went once and dropped out. It's all good. It's all good, baby. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> no, but, um, no, so I also I went for filmmaking. Um, so I want to be a more of a documentary filmmaker, but I also do want to do the um, independent, like you know, short films and things like that. Films um, through the Looking Glass is just my um, side project to get films out. So uh, currently, right now, I have uh, a project in the works where I'm uh, where I documented my time on the road wrestling during the COVID era and how it's a little bit different now and how it um how the impact of COVID is is very much so affecting professional wrestling. Um, and I, I know a lot of like, sorry, I can't talk. I know a lot of the people like to say wrestling is forever, but uh, COVID proves that wrestling ain't forever. No, dog. No so, shit, yeah. uh, so that's just what it is. Uh, it should be out pretty soon. I have a few things that I need to take care of, but uh, if you guys want to check out any like, you know, uh, profile pieces on me or, or anybody else that I've done in in the past, be sure to look up through the looking glass and it should be there. We've got, I've got like some vlogs on there when I had like no idea what the fuck I was doing and being shitty with my camera. <laughs> um, and also we have uh, a few uh, profile pieces as well on people, like a little short documentaries on them. So uh, definitely check those out. Well, and Luke does uh, movie reviews on YouTube as well. Uh, LSJ Late Reviews, folks need to check that out. And if you guys want more uh, Lexus Montez and you want to hear uh, him and me talk for hours and hours, there's many, many episodes of the Road Home from Wrestling podcast where we're discussing his matches in detail and making lots of jokes because that's what we And doing. also me annoying Andy to the point where he wants to murder me. So <laughs> also, uh, also be on the lookout for all that. All you need to do is say, Goto is my favorite wrestler. Oh, no. I'm sad that he beat this that is, guy. <laughs> this, this, is, this, is, uh, this is years in the making of Andy just wanting to rip my head off. That's why... <laughs> I we need to have this Austin. I mean not Austin, but uh, McMahon versus Hogan match. Yeah. So you're very great. I just want to bleed <laughs> a lot. That's that's all I'll do. I, I'm not doing any moves or anything. I'll just cut myself <laughs> and I'm good. So. <laughs> all, right. all right. So uh, I, I guess that's uh, that's the end of the show. I, oh, man, I've, I've just had a blast, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh. No, it's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I had that like we only had to cover in the previous show. We only had to cover one New Japan show. I'm like, oh, I feel like I just got warmed up. Let's talk. Oh no, we just talked about the main event. We're done. And uh, I feel like like the same here. It's been uh, an absolute blast. Uh, you know, it, it took me a while because I I 
never done like a, a podcast like this before. So uh, it took me a while to be like, all right, I'm confident enough. Let's, let's, because uh, Andy, as soon as we started doing this, he was like, we got to get someone on the show to join us and stuff. I'm like, hey, let me settle in first. And so I uh, <laughs> uh, settled in, like, you can't, you know, you covered the G1. After you cover a G1, you think, like, so, I'm fucking invincible, you know? <laughs> so uh, it was, it's been an absolute pleasure. Lexus, thank you so much for your time. Uh, yeah, man, it's, no it's been uh, it's been wonderful. Yeah, no problem. Oh, and uh, in, in Gato, we trust, because that's usually how we end. <laughs>